Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, your Androids, iPhones, tablets, whatever you've got, however you access the Scripture this morning, I'm going to ask you to make a few notes and follow along with us here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to visit Hebrews chapter 11 today. We're also going to take a stop through Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to do all of this on our way to Zechariah chapter 2. So that is not a threat that I'm going to try to share with you everything I know from Genesis to Revelation in the context of this one service. But we're going to be making a few stops along the way. Amen? So 2020... Uh, 2019, if we back up to the beginning of last year, we just felt the Lord impress upon our hearts that the, uh, that the heart of the Lord was for this body to be a body that began to make forward movement in strides of faith. So we theme that year moving forward. Coming around to 2020, we just felt the Lord impress upon us uh, the, the law of inertia. And you all know what the law of inertia is. It states to us that a body in motion tends to stay in motion and a body at rest tends to stay at rest. And we just looked at this body and we said, definitely, this is a body in motion. Amen. Amen. Yes. So all of you have began taking those strides of faith and we said, hey, let's keep this going. And we just didn't feel like the Lord was through. So we just added on to our theme. Hey, can't stop, won't stop moving forward. We're going to keep going and pursuing God's purposes. So we launched out in the beginning of this year with a series, said, hey, you guys are already in motion. Let's gain some ground. Let's, let's pick up some steam here and keep going. And uh, we've been sharing a series of principles here to help you in your walk of faith. Just continue gaining ground in the Spirit. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to conclude that series, but I trust that it has been beneficial and enriching for you and it's been a challenge to your faith. And uh, so today we're going to talk about loosening the limitations of your faith. Loosening the limitations of your faith. If you have your spot there in Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to look there at verse 1 as the writer to the Hebrews kind of defines for us what faith is. And let me just share with you the impossibility of defining faith in this one verse. Because the definition of faith that we find here in verse 1 is simply that of faith as a subject, as a noun. Just kind of defines it that way, but a faith cannot be adequately defined simply as a subject. Faith is also an action, as we're going to see here in just a few minutes. But the writer to the Hebrews says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Can I submit to you today, church, that faith is an agreement both in statement and in deed that stands in agreement with the one who calls things that are not as though they are. Faith is both a declaration and an action that agrees with the promises of God. There are certain things in my life that I can agree with theoretically. I agree with those things theoretically, however, though I agree with them theoretically, they have no impact on the choices and the decisions that I make in my life. Faith is not that way. 
Faith is not us coming together and coalescing around a set of ideas in this room, but leaving and not having those ideas impact our lives. It's not coming in here and saying, yes, I believe in theory, but I don't operate in practice. Faith takes what we have as a stated belief and lives it out outside these doors and allows it to impact and direct our lives as we move and have our being. You see, Hebrews 11.1 is then followed up by a series of statements that are, quote, by faith, in quote, statements. By, by there is used as a preposition in all of these sentences, and that word means through the agency or the instrumentality of. In other words, through the agency of what I believe about God's revelation of himself to me and myself in him, I am going to then act. I'm going to move. I'm going to behave. And we read in those things. It says here in verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, there's both a stated belief and an action in that. We've got to come to God. We've got to seek God. We've got to follow after God and believe that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek after him. It says in this passage, you know, if you continue reading and you can take your time this week and follow up on this Hebrews chapter 11, but it says this, by faith, Abel made a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked with God and was taken and did not die. By faith, Noah obeyed God and built an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. By faith, Sarah received the strength to conceive in her old age. And the list goes on and on and on from this point. A good summary statement to define faith is that faith equals active belief. I have faith that rattlesnakes bite and are damaging to our health and livelihood and well-being. Therefore, it impacts the way that I deal or interact with them. Right? There's a good example for you. That's belief in action. And they say that there are certain foods that aren't good for you, but they're also good to you. And how many of you know that sometimes, even though we have that belief and we can agree with it theoretically, it has no impact on, the, on our actions. We still partake. We still go along with it, right? I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but lately I've been craving pizza. Every time Pastor Lisa asks me what I want to eat, I say, pizza. She says, well, you're having it Sunday for lunch. You just had it last week. You're going to have it this time. Why do you... I want what I want, right? <laughs> faith is not an agreement with a theoretical belief, but faith is belief that leads to actions. And today we're going to be talking about loosening the limitations of our faith so that we begin to respond to the word of the Lord and the promises of God at a greater measure than we ever have before so that you and I through 2020 can have our own by faith moments. Isn't that exciting? 
How many of you are looking at the word of the Lord? You'd say, you know, you would like to come into 2021 and look back over this year and have some spaces that, that, that are there that you would have the testimony to say that by faith, this thing happened in my life. That thing come to pass. This is the blessing that I received. This is my spiritual maturity. This is how I've grown in Christ or the things I've seen, the miracles I've received. And we would be able to look and say, by faith, because I laid aside the limitations and the restrictions that I have been placing on God's ability to move and work in my life, and I saw greater things than ever before. I want to speak to you a little bit about this idea of a faith that receives. And to do that, I, I want to illustrate the point of today's message with a familiar passage from the book of Philippians. And in this book of Philippians, Paul introduces us to a term that has become very familiar to and near and dear to the believer. And that term is peace that passes all understanding. Peace that passes all understanding. He says here in Philippians 4, verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you today that when you're reading that, sometimes we, we feel like that God is just going to get a hold of us and, and, and force us into some kind of conformity and just shove into us peace that passes all understanding. Now, undoubtedly, peace that passes all understanding being imparted to our lives is a miracle impartation from God because the type of peace that Paul's speaking about here is, is not a kind of peace that we have the ability to produce in ourselves. We can't rationalize this kind of peace. We can't supply this kind of peace. We can't study this kind of peace into our lives. We can't achieve it through our disciplines. It has to come from God. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was leaving this world, he says, peace I give unto you, but not as the world gives peace. So it's, it's something not of this world that Paul's speaking about being supplied into our lives. It is a miracle impartation. But I don't know if you've realized it or not, but not only has a great miracle been pronounced over our lives, but also in this verse, there is a great limitation that is, that is pronounced in this verse as well. Did you pick up on it? It's the word understanding. It's the word understanding. How many of you have ever faced situations in your life and it was what you understood about the situation that presented the greatest hindrance and hesitancy in your heart. You just you were looking at the situation and it's what you it's the things that you knew about it. It's not so much what you didn't understand, it's sometimes what you did know. The the limitation is our understanding and sometimes what we know about the situation is a great limitation to how well we're going to trust God in a given situation. Like when I understand that my ability to negotiate the situation is inadequate, 
then I have a hard time having peace about the situation. How many of you have ever been in situations and you just looked at it and you said, look, this is, this is almost an untenable situation for me. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this or, or weed through all of the details here. I just don't know how this is going to go. How many of you have ever been in those places? And it was what you understood about the situation that brought great anxiety and ten, uh, uh, tension into your life. So when we understand that the resources that we have are insufficient to supply the needs, how many of you have ever been there? God, I just don't have enough. I don't know where it's coming from. And it's what you knew about it that presented the limitation. Or how about when I understand that my influence is not adequate to change the outcome? It's hard then for me to receive the peace of God in my life. I begin to limit God's power and God's ability based on my understanding. But Paul, with this great pronouncement of miracle impartation, also gives us the criteria by which we receive the miracle of peace that passes all understanding. And it say, he says this in verse 6. We're going to back up one verse here. And Paul says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now understand this, this is not simply a lesson in mechanics. We, we, like, we like a nice set, we like a flow chart. How many of you like flow charts? If this, then that. And if not, then over here. And if this, we'll move up this way and over here. And, and we just want to run through the diagnostic flow chart. And, and we like the mechanics of that. We like a set parameter. This is not one of those things. This is not just, just come to God, say a prayer, and this will be the result. This is an active step of faith. This is, this is not that this practice equals this outcome, but all surpassing peace is the outflow of an unrestricted faith. Yes, it accounts for my limitation, but it regards the power of God to be so much greater than my limitation. What Paul's saying here is if we can look around at all of the things that, even the things that we understand, and we surmise that we're not enough, our influence is not enough, our resources are inadequate, that we just can't make it happen for ourselves, but yet we come to God and we say, Lord, we believe that based on the fact that Jesus Christ came into this world and made himself of no reputation but took on the form of a servant and being found in the likeness of man submitted himself to death, even the death on the cross, therefore you have highly exalted him and given him a name that is above everything every name. And Lord, I believe that the name of my problem, the name of my adversity, the name of my situation is subject to the name of Jesus. Therefore, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to place this in your hand and say, God, you are greater than my understanding. You're greater than my understanding. See, so oftentimes we stay in the confine of our understanding. And we want God to move in the confines of our understanding and we limit our faith to the context of our understanding. 
we could make one of those by faith statements here out of this verse. Paul would say then by faith, thoroughly trusting in the person and the promise of God, give him the concerns of your heart. Walk in the promise of God. Stand in the promise of God. Don't be deterred by your understanding, but believe God to be greater than all of it. Faith must be the catalyst of receipt. You cannot have peace that passes all understanding without a faith in God that exceeds your natural limitations. The receipt, the receipt of the miraculous in our lives is greatly impeded when we try to apply limits and restrictions to the promises of God. I don't know if you notice this or not, but Throughout the Bible, all of the miracles of Jesus, a lot of the miracles in the Bible, this is actually a scenario that's encountered. We always see people coming with the presentation of their natural limits and saying, God, this is my limit. This is what we can do. We see it with Peter. When when Peter first meets Jesus there on the seashore and Jesus steps into his boat and tells him to launch out in the deep and he begins to preach to the crowds and finally at the end of that he says to Peter, Peter, cast your nets. Peter begins to state the laws of science and physics and the experience of a fisherman and says, Jesus, there's, there's no need to do this but then he has a nevertheless moment. We might also call it a by faith moment. Where he says, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, based on your promise, by your instruction, Lord, I'm going to cast the net. I'm not, Jesus, I'm not going to hold you in the confines of what I know about the art and the skill of fishing. I'm going to be me, and I'm going to tell you what my limits are and what I understand about the situation. But at the end of it all, I'm going to let you be God. And he cast his net, and you know the story. I mean, they took on so many fish, they started taking on water. Had to call for some help. <laughs> and we see, we've seen the Lord overcome these things so many times, but nonetheless, there's a hazard associated with us recognizing our own limitations. We see it here in the feeding of the 5,000. We don't really see it here, but we're going we're gonna to get there in just a minute. We say the feeding of the 5,000, but in fact, the text says, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. And Jesus spoke to his followers that day. They, they were, there were multitudes that were following him and listening to his teaching, and the day had grown long, and they had grown hungry. And Jesus said to his followers, go and buy some food for these that they might have something to eat. One disciple comes and says, Lord, if we gave everything we have and then some, it wouldn't be enough. Maybe, maybe everybody could get a crumb, but we wouldn't have enough. It wouldn't satisfy the need. He said, well, what do you have here among you? Somebody came back and said, I found a little kid. He's got five little barley loaves and a couple of fish. And then he adds this disclaimer on the end of it. We read in John's recounting of this story and says, but what is that among so many? It's not enough, Jesus. I don't know if you're aware, but five little loaves, 
What that little kid brought in his lunch pail, what mama packed for him today is not going to be enough for 5,000 plus. And they had a by faith moment there when Jesus says, well, give it here. And by faith, they handed it over to him. They said, Lord, take Take our restrictions. Take our limitations. They'd seen him touch the blinded eyes. They'd seen him heal the deaf ear. They'd seen him raise the dead to life again. And they said, surely this is but a small thing here. This is my understanding about the situation. But nevertheless, Lord, here you go. Here's the bread. Here's the fish. Lord, take it and do what you can with it. They recognized the insufficiency of their resource, but by faith, they brought it. And can I tell you something today, church? It's okay to be real. It's okay to be real. It's okay to be in touch with reality, to recognize our frailties. Philip said, Lord, if we spent everything, we wouldn't have enough. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough to supply the need. And honestly today, if I'm, if I'm speaking in true honesty with you today, I don't believe the Lord would have us operate in ignorance of our own frailties and limitations. Because when he shows up in our lives and he moves on our behalf and the miracle is wrought, I believe that it's for the glory of God, not for us to stand around and look and say what I did, but to say, look what the Lord has done. Look at the miracle. Look at the blessing that he has wrought into my life. I know that I didn't have what I needed to supply this. I know that I didn't have what was necessary but God. And while it's okay to recognize our limitations, it's not okay to, recognize the, to not recognize the power of God to overwhelm all those things. And you're just like the first service. I'm going to have to say that again. While it's okay for us to recognize our limitations, it's not okay to not recognize the power of God to overwhelm all those things. And the hazard, I told you there was a hazard in all of this. And the hazard in all of this is that we can get so caught up in the argument of imposing the natural restrictions and limitations that we never hand over the loaves and fish to see what God can do if we just give him the way. We, we, we never hand it over. We never hand over what we got. We never take a step back and say, God, here are my limitations, but... To you who are able to do exceeding abundantly above everything that I ask or think, be the glory and the power forever. We never see the miracle work of God imparted into our lives because we never loosen the restrictions of our faith. We've seen God soundly overcome all of these limitations before in the scriptures. It was, it was overcome when Mary said to, to the angelic messenger, how can these things be, seeing I've not known a man? Moses used all of these excuses. Gideon used all of the excuses. But God was able, by faith, God was able to overcome all of those restrictions and limitations in these people's lives. And we've seen God soundly overcome all of these limitations before in the scriptures. Yet we all excuse ourselves and we'll say, well, things like this 
don't happen for people like me. And then we respond on the basis of age, race, gender, social status, economic position, education, family history, and a litany of other things. And we say, listen, I can't, I can't believe for that because nobody in my family has ever done that before. I don't have the pedigree. I'm poor. Nobody in my family has ever done that. I lack the proper education. I don't have the resources. And do you know what the irony of it all is? Is that somewhere every single one of us have a little plaque or a little post-it note or a little printed out scripture verse that's on our mirror, it's on our car dashboard, it's on the cubicle wall at the office, it's somewhere where we see it plainly. Maybe it's a huge picture hanging in your house of Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. What I'm challenging you today, church, is this. That that be something more than a cute little recitation that you have, but it really be something that your faith is released to receive, that you can do all things through Christ, that never again would you measure yourself and say, God, these are the parameters in which you can operate the capacity that I've measured myself to be. No, 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 no. God wants to overcome all of that stuff. Moses offered most of these things as an excuse as to why he wouldn't, uh, why the abundance of God wouldn't move in his life. But when it came down to it, Moses said, who do I say has sent me? And God simply replies and said, you tell them, I am that I am. You know, you know what he was saying there and and just in layman's terms, Moses, I understand all that you're not. But everything that you're not, I am. I am everything that you're not. I am your spokesperson and your wisdom. I am your provider and your way maker. And we're often guilty of measuring God's promises against our own abilities. And most of the time, church, I am my own worst limitation to believing for what God can do and will do in my life. Because I pull out my little measuring rod. And I say, well, I can't do this as well as somebody else I've seen doing it. Well, I've never achieved this level of education. Well, I don't have this social status in the community. And on and on and on it goes. And we measure ourselves. And then when we begin to trust God for things, we'll trust God for some things. But we want to trust him in the confines of what we've measured ourselves to be. Oh, don't look at me like that. You've all done it. When you begin believing God for things, how many of you, just be honest here for just a second. How many of you, when it chases outside the scope of your own potential, you begin to regress? say no 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 I can't I can't trust that far no it stops right here 
we need to stop measuring what God can do based on the limitations of our life and trust Him to do exceeding abundantly above everything that we think or ask. Look with me, Zechariah chapter 2, as we close here this morning. The prophet gives us this vision and says this, Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem. I want you to understand, Jerusalem is in ruins They have been in captivity now for years and God has given them a word of restoration. And he says to measure Jerusalem, to see what is the width and what is its length. And there was an angel who talked with me going out and another angel coming out to meet him who said to him, run and speak to this young man saying this, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as a town without walls because of the multitude of men and of livestock in it. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be a glory, I will be the glory in the midst of her. There was a restorative work that was taking place in the city of Jerusalem. And God began to challenge: hey, what do you believe in me for? What are you expecting me to do in the restoration of Jerusalem? And as we often do, Zechariah says there was was somebody with a measuring line and they were going out. They were going to measure the city to see what was the width of it and what was the length of it. And then we were going to say, you know what we would do then? We'd all gather around and we'd hold hands and we'd say, God, fill it up. Fill it up, Lord. Fill it, fill it. These are the limitations. This is the, this is the capacity. Now fill it up, Lord. There was no, there was no rebuke for the measurement of the city. God says, measure it. Know the circumference of the walls. Know its length. Know its width. Know where your limits are, but don't restrict my ability based on what you've calculated to be the capacity of your life. God said you can measure that city. You can know its length and its width, but understand that doesn't limit my potential. People are going to inhabit this land as a city without walls. I'm going to be the wall. I'm going to be the capacity. I'm going to set the parameters here, not you. I'm going to be the glory in the midst of it all. And today there are some of us that we've measured our walls. We know the surface area that's in between. We know all our strengths and all of our weaknesses. And we're standing and and, and as best we can, we're praying, God, fill it up. But I'm here to proclaim to you today, church, that I believe in all of your lives individually and in this church corporately, God wants to do so much more than simply fill the parameters of our natural limitations. He wants to exceed those things and show us that it's not about our capacity, but it's about His. 
And if we'll believe him today, I believe that we can see the miracles taking place in our lives. I believe that we can see an increase in this church. I believe that you'll see increases in your life like you've never seen before. But we've got to bring those limitations to God and say, nevertheless, Lord, based on your promise, based on your word, I believe. And today, the walls of your personal limitations are going to need to fall. Those, those walls are those things that are keeping you from your personal by faith moments. Well, I'm afraid to do this. I don't, I don't have the training. I don't have the right resources. Just no, 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 no. God, when God is all you have, he's all you need. You understand that? Take your understanding, your limitations, your shortfalls, your inadequacies. Submit them to God and say, Lord, I know that you're able to do exceedingly more than what I'm capable of. Lord, I believe today that I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Would you stand with me all over this congregation today? Our worship team is coming. And they're going to minister in song and they're going to lead us in worship. And today I want to challenge you with this. I've already told you that sometimes I, I am my own greatest limitation to what I believe God for. And today, if you've been restricting God to the confines of your own abilities, it's time for you to loosen the limitations of your faith. And today, if you'd say in 2020, I want to believe God for miracles that outpace and outrun and exceed my own personal ability. If that's you, when they begin to minister this morning and they begin to sing and they begin to lift the name of Jesus, I want you to step out from where you are. I want you to make your way to this altar. And by doing so, you're saying, Lord, I'm bringing my understanding. I'm bringing all of my logic. I'm bringing all of my skill, all of my wisdom, all of my talent. And Lord, I'm confessing that it's not enough. But Lord, also in confessing that it's not enough, I'm going to stand here today and I'm going to declare that while I'm not enough, you are more than. And Lord, I believe this year, 2020, by faith, I'm going to see. I'm going to come to the end of this year and I'm going to have some by faith moments. By faith, I'm going to receive. By faith, I'm going to see the miraculous hand of God at work in my life. By faith, doors of opportunity are going to begin to open. I'm going to be standing places at the end of this year, looking back and not even understanding how I got to where I am, except to say, but God. So as they begin to sing, Pastor, lead us. Just step out from where you are, and that's your declaration of faith right now. God, you are not hemmed in by my natural limitations. I believe that you are the God that you've revealed yourself to be in Scripture. And I believe that you are the God of miracles. And God, I want to see you move in my life like never before this year. If that's you, step out. Be bold. Be brave right now. Bring it all to the altar and surrender it to the omnipotence of God.
Say, Lord, I believe. I believe in your power. I believe in your might, oh God, to do things that I've never imagined.
something. Sometimes we want to get out of the box. Some people get so far out of the box, they get weird. God has given us parameters in his word by which he operates. There there is a flow to faith. There is a rule, there's an order to faith. But the only parameter that needs to be applied to the power of God is the one that he has set in his word. Where he has said, I will go this far and no more. But it never needs to be that we have applied our own limitations to the power of God. It never needs to be that we have applied our own set of reasoning and our own set of rationale to the way that God would move and work in our lives. And I challenge you because the truth of the matter is I want you to have the peace of God that passes all understanding, ruling and reigning in your heart and life. And I want you to see miracles that exceed your wildest expectation. I want you all to have And I pray myself, Pastor Lisa, we pray for you continually that you would have by faith moments in your life where you see God do amazing things. But I challenge you. We are so hemmed in to the natural senses, the things that we can see and perceive, the things that we can touch and taste and feel. But those things never limit God. Don't let it limit your expectations from God. Loosen the limitations of your faith in 2020. And I believe, we believe, going to see God do exceeding abundantly above everything that we ask of your children are wayward don't apply that logic you, you see that they are so far gone and you just can't imagine how they're coming don't worry about it the route back is God's business You've got financial strongholds in your life and you've got wolves at the door and you just don't... You walk by faith. Be a good steward of the resources that God has put in your hand. How's it going to come to pass? I don't know. That's God's business. Your business is to stand and operate by faith in the promise of God and not allow fear to consume the seed that he's put in your hand, but sow it into the kingdom and God will take care of your business. Say, I've got health concerns. What do I do? Well, you stand in faith. You just stand in faith. God, I I know what the doctor says. I know what all the tests and all the reports say, but I know who you are. I know who you are, 
and I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. My trust is in you, my hope is in you, and you are my healer. Every day, every situation, every circumstance. Look, you can't get up and just say this stuff one time in the morning. But all day long, as situations present themselves, God, you are my shield and my supply. You are my exceeding great reward. If you are for me, who can stand against me? No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. My faith doesn't rest in what I can do or what I have, but in who you are. And I trust you, Lord. You're the God of miracles. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.